Today, I'm joined by Rima Reyes. She's the Principal Program Manager with Microsoft Teams Engineering. She is somebody you need to meet and get to know. And for me, meeting and getting to know her has been a lot of fun. And she does her best to help federal agencies deploy and use Microsoft Teams. But Rima, for those who haven't got to know you like I have, especially over the last year or so, tell them a bit about yourself and who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks, Jeremy, for having me on here. This is really exciting. It's the first podcast I've ever done. Um, so yeah, so my name is Rima Reyes. I work for Microsoft. It's been an, a, an interesting journey getting here, but right now my role is kind of a unique one where I'm really a customer liaison between our strategic customers. And I sit kind of within engineering, but I have that unique customer perspective. And my focus right now is really only on federal government and DOD. So I get to talk to every single federal agency and every single DOD organization, which is really cool. I like seeing all of the Fed agencies and kind of what they're up to is pretty awesome. Um, and obviously I work in Microsoft Teams. So that's really kind of my focus uh, right now. It's, I try not to have tunnel vision by any means. I know, I know there's like a ton of great products in Microsoft, um, but I really am passionate about Teams. I love Teams and, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a really good place right now. So tell people a bit about your background. Where, where, where are you from originally? And, and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, okay. Um, so I've got an interesting, I guess, story. Um, I, I was born in DC, so I am a Washington DC native. Um, I still live in the DC area. So, you know, that's near and dear to my heart. And obviously it's the center of all FedGov, you know, happenings. Um, I grew, I grew up in Gaithersburg, Maryland, so, you know, not too far from D.C., and I grew up with two parents who um, were immigrants who were awesome. Um, my mom's actually, she came from Iran, and my dad was uh, born in Venezuela, but his whole family's from Spain. So I'm technically half Spanish and half Iranian, which is really weird. Um, I can speak um, Spanish and, and write in Spanish um, fairly okay. Um, my Farsi, I can speak, like, conversational, but I can't read or write it. And, uh, you know, my mom, she's a real estate agent and my dad is, you know, he works for NASA. So he's an engineer. And so I've got like two very interesting and hardworking parents, one who does, you know, math and finance and money and understands that aspect. And then I've got, you know, my dad, who's a little bit more introverted, who's very focused on, you know, engineering when it comes to, you know, him building tools and things for satellites in space. Um, and then, you know, growing up, I always had like the two kind of polarized mindsets of like my mom being like super people friendly. And then my dad being like very like logical, like everything must have a step like process. I'll give you a short, funny story. Um, a couple years ago, I asked him, I said, hey, dad, can I use this charging cable and this, you know, plug for my Kindle? And this is the same one I use for my iPhone. And then he went into an hour long dis dissertation about electricity. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on? So, so my, my parents are very rich, but they're, they're amazing. They kind of really helped instill with, in, in me when I was younger um, technology and also, you know, focusing around people. And I feel like that's kind of come about to who I am today. I really like both aspects of it. Um, so yeah, so growing up, like my dad was like super into 4-H clubs. So I did a lot of that and like, you know, I, I got introduced to computers when I was in like high school and, um, and, you know, my uncle gave me like my first Nintendo, like gaming set when I was younger. So I had really good exposure to technology, I think growing up. Um, and my parents were really cool. Like they, they said, you know, 
kind of follow your passion and follow your heart. So it was really always kind of in the back of my mind. Um, and then, you know, essentially through high school, I started really falling in love with uh, psychology. And so I actually, you know, took AP psych and um, in, in high school and then in college, I actually majored in industrial organizational psychology. So I was not a tech major <laughs> by any means, um, but I always had that passion. Like I was in a sorority and I used to go fix like everybody else's computers in the sorority. <laughs> so like sometimes I would do things to, like mess with them too. But, um, but yeah, like I always, I just like would like just, I crave it. I don't know why I was like drawn to it. Um, and I thought it was always really cool to be able to design something or build something um, with a computer. And so at Penn State, and you know, when I graduated with my psych degree, I realized kind of very quickly that psychology isn't a great way to make money, at least with just an undergraduate degree. Um, so that was that was a little bit of a harsh reality for me. Like I was like, oh, okay, like cool, like what am I gonna do? So um, what was interesting is that my first job out of college, I got hired by Northrop Grumman. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Northrop Grumman. I'm sure you are, yeah. So they are a government contractor. And the first job I had was to do like recruiting um, for, for, for Northrop. And I was intern, like even though I was out of college, like they were like, okay, we're gonna give you like $15 an hour as an intern. I'm like, I'll take what I can get. Like, I, you know, at that point I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm gonna try. So the internship went over the summer and then they were like, hey, we really like you and we don't know where to place you, but we do have an empty position on our business operations team. And I'm like, what is BizOps? Like, I have no idea. Jeremy, you're, you're shaking your head because you probably know. But BizOps is about government finance and like contracting, right? And so I had to learn a lot about finance like very, very quickly. And especially it, with the government, it's very different and there's obviously a lot of rules. And so it was kind of like the alternate in the beginning. So I learned everybody's job and I had this idea for um, a software program. And I asked one of my friends who was a dev on the project, I said, hey, is this plausible? Like, is this feasible? And he's like, yeah, like, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, why not? Yeah, that, that we can definitely build that, build that. I'm like, okay, cool. So I proposed it to our uh, contracting like, you know, lead. And he was like, oh, this is really cool. He's like, I bet you, you know, the government that we're working for, like they would really, really like it. I'm like, okay. So um, I presented it to the government. I had like a whole entire PowerPoint deck about, hey, like this is what I really think is missing. And, and essentially the precipice of the program was around how to do like um, budgeting and also people management. So like, let's say there was an emergency and one of the sites had to shut down. Do we know who worked there? Like, do we, do we understand like what would be the hit to the contract? That kind of thing. So uh, the government said, yeah. And they were like, Rima, like we want you to lead two other people to develop this program and it has to eventually integrate with SharePoint. I was like, what? Like I knew nothing about technology, but I'm like, you know what? I am gonna try my best and I'm gonna lean on my smart, you know, kind of colleagues to, to go through with it. And so sure enough, uh, they actually, uh, you know, we built the application originally was called resource information management application which I don't know if you know, but the acronym says Rima. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fun. That's my like fun joke. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so then, yeah, so then that was built, that was a success. And then, um, and then that integrated with SharePoint. So I had to learn SharePoint. So they're like, okay, Rima, like new job for you. We're going to take you out of BizOps and you're going to train everybody in this government agency on SharePoint. And this was SharePoint server 2003 at the time. And I was like, well, I know nothing about SharePoint, but you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to be, 
I'm just going to go forward and, and I would read SharePoint books at night. So like, I would, you know, those thick, like, mm-hmm. I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop like reading. I mean, it was great bedtime reading. I was like fascinated. It was like a great Daniel Steele novel, I guess for me. Um, and so I was self-taught. So I learned on my own and I played around. I asked for like, Hey, can I get a dev environment? Like, I just want to understand how to do this. And everybody was really open to that. I don't think if I hadn't asked, like people wouldn't have been, you know, so willing to kind of like give me stuff, right? Um, And then, you know, finally, you know, after doing that for a while, I was like, hey, you know, SharePoint's great. And I love SharePoint. And I've learned a lot about SharePoint, but I'm ready for my next adventure. So it was very open and honest with my manager at Northrop to say, hey, if if I don't have anything going on for six months, let me know because I want, like, I'm going to, I want to grow and I'm going to look for a new opportunity. So he was like, okay. So six months go by and I was like, Hey Jim, like just heads up, like nothing's been happening lately. He's like, totally get it. Totally get it. He's like, thank you for letting me know. I support you, you know, finding a new role. So I went to a job fair and I met this wonderful lady named Mary. And, uh, at that job fair, <laughs> she, she was like, actually she was away and I, you know, the, the recruiters at the table were like, Oh, come back. Like Mary's going to be back. You should talk to her. I'm like, okay. So I come back and this was the HP booth, by the way, the Hewlett Packard booth. I come back and she said, oh, hi, like, yes, the recruiters were talking a lot about you. I said, oh, okay, great. She said, how would you like a job on uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? And I was like, what? (laughs) I thought she was joking. I like legit. I was like, okay, this lady's lost her cookies. Like clearly (laughs) she's not making any sense, but she was not joking. Um, I was interviewed uh, to work at the White House and I got the job. Thank God. Um, and so then I started working at the White House in, uh, in June 2009, and I was there for about six and a half years. And so then I was a SharePoint admin there, and it was the coolest experience ever. I learned so much about people and technology and how whenever we're having a rough day or maybe like a rough day in the country, for example, how that can kind of affect how we consume technology. Um And I was really brought there for like a specific purpose, which was around like bad customer service. So at the time, there were some folks who were too busy to kind of deal with people. And they were, you know, how sometimes techie people can be like a little snippy. Mm -hmm. So like, they're like, Rima, like you've got like a gentle touch, like, you know, come. So like, I I came there and everybody hated SharePoint. So my goal was to turn everybody around and to make them love SharePoint. And I said, I would not leave until that happened. So it took me about six and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to do that. It took a while, but I got there. And, uh, and really what I did was, um, I was kind of like a jack of all trades, but I, I did a lot of info path development. I did a lot of workflow development. Um, I really understood what it was like to manage and deploy and migrate SharePoint, which, you know, in itself is huge. Um, and I learned that, you know, obviously installing SharePoint on a single server, you know, God kills a kitten. Apparently, um, I'm sure you've heard of that. <laughs> it's not a t-shirt. Um, yeah. And then, so essentially, you know, I was there for a long time. I learned a lot of life lessons, but I knew there was something kind of bigger on the horizon. So I knew that like cloud was coming out at the time. And I, I just thought, you know, it was always my dream to work at Microsoft. I just never thought that I could do it. I never believed in myself. Um, and in fact, actually there, I was kind of bullied by someone. I'm not gonna say who, but I was bullied by someone and it it taught me a lesson, A, in humility, but also um, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger in a weird way. So because I was able to kind of get over that and get over some of my fears about 
even though I wasn't a graduate, like I didn't graduate in, in technology, I still knew what I was talking about because I went out, I got my SharePoint certification. I was the only one who was certified. I was like, boom, like I was reading my 300 page, like SharePoint admin manual. And I was like highlighting everything. Like it's like super, super hardcore. And, uh, and I think that kind of just made me believe in myself even more and just say, Hey, like, listen, like you can, Microsoft can be a reality. It's just not a dream. Um, and so then in 2015, I applied and got in. Um, and I started off doing SharePoint consulting for about three years. And then the last two years, I've been doing Teams. Um, Which is interesting because you come um, right back around to kind of the role you ended up with, where you're kind of the interface between the techie geeks and, and the customers. Yes, exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it had like a, like a really cool kind of path, I guess. Um, what's, what's unique about, like, I was never shy to say like, Hey, listen, like I'm different or Hey, yes. Like, you know, I come from different backgrounds. Um, and also I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have a degree in tech, but I guess I, I kind of learned to be fearless, like along the way, only because if I kind of dove in head first, I felt like the reward was greater for me. Um, but it took me a while to get there. So, you know, 37 now about to be 38. Ooh. Um, so like it's, it's, it's taken like a hot bit, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's pretty inspiring for me because you're right. I mean, not I, actually, I think your psychology degree has probably set you up very well for the role that you you're in, um, in terms of understanding people and, and knowing where, where their limits are and, 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 their reactions, but uh, uh, I like I like how you just kind of fell into it. I love I love hearing how people fall into IT. Um, yeah. And Northrop Grumman did you did you well? I mean, did us well because I'm I'm benefiting from the role you're in. But uh, that's, that's very fascinating. So, so you've been in you've been in IT now a, a bit, and you've you've worked at some very interesting places, um, some places that uh, many people would probably love to have experience at. What have you seen in the way we do IT today, though, that if you were, if you were given the, the, you know, the, the, the magic wand or the power or whatever you want to call it to, to change it, what's something about what we do in IT today that you would change? Yes, yeah, so I, I, I thought long and hard about this. I think, like, I was very fortunate coming from parents who were extremely educated, um, even though, you know, even though they came from like other countries. They were educated in their, in their own right, and and they also had you know really great jobs here. And they grew up in a very you know nice area, and I don't think everybody has that opportunity. So I do recognize the fact that I have opportunity. What I would like to change is having technology be made available to more various eco economic economic like or socioeconomic statuses, right? So, um, like for example, I think like Comcast in this area just recently opened up like an internet hub where you can kind of show up at a parking lot. And there's like an internet um, hotspot that people can stay in their cars and still work and do homework, which I think is so valuable um, because not everybody has internet, not everybody has a smart device. And I think people like aren't necessarily cognizant of that, especially when we're in IT, we're surrounded by it, but not everybody has that opportunity. Um, I know Microsoft is big in the space and how they make, they try to make technology available for other kind of like different, uh, you know, places in the world who maybe, you know, might not as, have as much reach into technology. Um, but I think also it starts with all of us individually. Um, 
And so something that I used to do is I used to run a user group, right? Um, which was very near and dear to my heart because I wanted to learn more. Um, and, and I'll tell you an interesting story uh, that's like something that act that's actionable that people can do. So when I was running Women in SharePoint, this was during the White House, um, I met a young woman who was a refugee and she was a single mom and she was actually leaving a very dire situation. Um, she had a husband who was, you know, not good to her. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, um, and so she came to the United States and she had a passion for technology and she was on food stamps and she wanted a way to get like trained to get educated. She, she was hungry for the knowledge and she wanted it because she wanted to do better for her and her son. And so like in the user group, we used to give away those free, like O'Reilly press was like O'Reilly media was like our, our sponsor. They're amazing. Right. And they would give us free books. So I asked O'Reilly was like, listen, can I just get like five extra books this month? Cause like, you know, we're doing an extra giveaway or whatever. Um, and she, she had asked me before she was like, Hey Rima, like, is there any way I can get materials? Like how they're too expensive. I can't, I can't really afford. Cause you know, at the time, like those, well, still today, those books are really like, expensive. Yeah. yeah, they're like 60, 80, hundred bucks. Right. So she pulled me aside, said, Rima, Hey, I, I never win the prize. Cause we used to give them away as prizes. I never win the prize. Can, is there any way I could get those books? And I said, sure. So I snagged a few away for her, the ones that she, she was interested in and she read all of them. She came back to me a couple months later and she said, Rima, um, you helped me get off food stamps. And I said, what? <laughs> and because she'd read all those books, she was able to get a SharePoint help desk job with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. She was able to fully get off food stamps and fully support herself and her son, which is just like, that's inspiring to me. That's um, and doing like that didn't take much effort for me. Like that was a very, like, very small amount of effort. But I think there's a lot of things that like we as a community can do to help those who may be less fortunate, um, who don't have the, the the financial means to kind of get into technology. Um, so that's kind of, that's what I would like to change. I think if we could have more programs like that, I think that would be amazing. Mm, that is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where do you see yourself going now? I mean, you yourself or you, your role at Microsoft, uh, whichever you choose, where, where's, what's the future looking like? Well, that's, that's a good, so I'm weird in the sense because everybody always asks me, they're like, what's your five-year plan? And I'm like, I don't, I don't have one. Like, I don't have a five-year plan. Maybe I should. Um, it's actually gotten me into trouble. Like once in an interview, I said, they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, I'm going to be a manager. <laughs> like <laughs> The person was like, oh no, you want my job? Like, whoa. Um, so like, I'm never saying that again. Um, so for me, what has really kind of driven me in life or, or kind of guided me is I've always trusted in my gut. Even when my gut is wrong, your body will kind of like course correct itself. Um, so it's, it's honestly, I think it's, it's where I hate saying where the wind takes me, but I kind of want to only because we, as humans, we evolve, we change. And sometimes we come across passions in that five-year time that maybe we didn't have, you know, a while back. And so in a weird way, I, I feel like a five-year goal is limiting to me. I, I don't want to be limited. Um, and so, so for me, I don't really have five-year plan, but like, I mean, I'd like to still work at Microsoft if they have me, like that would be great. It does sound like you're always interested in and challenging yourself though, I'd say. Um, so uh, if something new comes along that's challenging and they, and they, and they ask you to take it on, I, I can't imagine you're going to say no. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's part of like this job also, like, you know, Gov, obviously there's, there's a lot going in Gov as I'm sure you're aware, Jeremy. Um, you know, 
I will say like, this is the hardest job I've ever had only because there were so many people who were so frustrated for so long mm -hmm. and being able to, to be a voice, to make things better. I mean, they're not, they're not perfect. Like nothing's ever perfect, but at least things are better. And it, to be able to have a stamp on that or my stamp in, in that little part of the world just makes me feel good. Like anything I do, I want to make sure a, I do hundred percent and, and B I'm doing in a way that makes people's lives better. Like I'm, I'm a big advocate to say, I don't want to say tech for good tech for good is like lame, like tech for like efficiency and, and for overall goodness. So that's, that's why government for me has always been a passion project just because I've worked with so many amazing government employees. I mean, like yourself, Jeremy, like people, I think in this country sometimes don't see that or don't realize how much people sacrifice, even if you're military, civil servant, contractor, whatever it may be, a lot of people put their personal lives on hold for the good of this country and the world sometimes. And I, and I love that. And I love supporting that. Um, and that's what drives me. I just, I just want to be there to kind of help the mission and help people get to where they need to go um, in, in, a, in a way that makes sense in an efficient way, not in a way that's just adding more, you know, stuff on top of stuff that doesn't need to be there. So I'm, I'm about that. And I would agree you are, because everybody who I interact with within the government space and who has a chance to interact with you and the program you're doing would definitely agree that you are absolutely making a difference. And we, we really appreciate you. So I want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I, I love interacting with you. I get to interact with you more more uh, every day. So you know, we, we it, it's a lot of fun. So, but thank you for coming and doing this today. Thank you. All right.